0: This evening's reading comes from the uh, book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property Please keep your Bibles open to Acts chapter 2, uh, page 1693 if you've accidentally closed your Bibles and please uh, remember there'll be a time for questions after the talk. Uh, Before we get into our passage tonight, will you please join me as I pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the giver of new life and we now ask that you'll help me to speak your word clearly tonight. And we pray that through your word, that you may change us to be the community that you want us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, It's been said that uh, due to the internet and social media, uh, we are more connected than ever. But why are we feeling more lonely? Uh, Last year, the Australian Psychology Society completed a study of loneliness in Australia. And they found out that one in four uh, Australian adults are lonely. Uh, One in four. That's an alarming statistic, given that we live in an age where it's so easy to be connected with each other the actual problem is, we're not really connecting where it counts. And that's what our society is becoming increasingly aware of. That community is important. You see, we need other people. We need each other to survive this thing that we call life. In our passage tonight, we see the first church that God formed after the event in Pentecost, where uh, God fulfilled His promise, He poured out His Spirit onto the disciples, and because of that event, 3,000 people became Christians that day. And what we'll see tonight will actually help us think what it means for us to be a community of God's people here in Abbotsford. You've got one of our Burgundy uh, Vision pamphlets. You'll know that one of our core values as a church is community. Uh, And we're defining community as this. Uh, We are committed to being a warm, welcoming, caring, and cross-generational Christ-centered community as we live integrated lives in deep relationship with one another. As you can see, that's the, almost the exact opposite of being lonely. Well, how does this core value of community, how does it become a reality for us? Well, verse 42 actually outlines four things that shape us to be the community that God wants us to be. Please read verse 42 with me. It says this, verse 42, They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer uh, verse 42 is going to be the outline for our of what we're going to look at tonight as you see what we as a community are to be devoted to so the four things that we'll look at tonight are uh, the apostles teaching devotion to that devotion to fellowship devotion to uh, the breaking of bread and devotion to prayer. So firstly, uh, being devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, uh, this is the principle that God's word is central to God's people. Uh, Back then, God's word is seen through the preaching and teaching of the apostles. That's how the church got to hear God's voice. Now, what does being devoted to the apostles' teaching look like for us? here at Abbotsford Presbyterian. Well, we have the Apostles' teaching recorded down for us here in the Bible. And the underlying principle is still the same. We hear God speaking to us through the reading and the preaching of God's Word. And that's actually why the Bible is another one of our core values. So as God's people... uh, We're to be eager to hear God's word read and preached. But let me say two more things about our devotion to God's word. Firstly, I want to say about a commitment that I want to make to you guys, an ongoing commitment. Firstly, it's my commitment to you as as a church family, as one of your pastors, to do my utmost best. Not to just preach God's word faithfully, But to do it in a way that's hopefully engaging, that's clear, and that's relevant to life. And I'm committed to make sure that anyone who stands in this position here does their utmost best to do the same. But my second thing I want to say is, well, for us as a church family, for us to be devoted to God's word, let's not be a church who just hears the Word, but also applies it and let God's Word shape us. Here at a Presbyterian, it's our plan to provide resources that will help you get into God's Word at a deeper level. Uh, You don't have to use these resources, but please know that they're there for you if you'll find it helpful. So one of them is uh, this. It's a Bible reading guide that will help you study for yourself during the week the text that we're to look at for that coming Sunday. And then what we'll do on the Sunday, we'll preach through that text. And then we're providing our growth group leaders, growth groups, uh, Bible study booklets. To help facilitate discussion on the text, informed by the sermon, and the opportunity to apply God's word to our lives specifically. uh, To work out what's it look like day to day. How's it actually going to change my life? So can I say, please help yourself to the resources. They're on the back pew. And can I say, please feel free to grab one of uh, these Bible study booklets, even if you're not in a growth group this year. So that's the first devotion. Uh, the second devotion that the text tells us is to be devoted to fellowship. Now, what is fellowship? I don't know about you, but for me, the first thing I think about when I hear the word fellowship is the first book of the Lord of the Rings. You know the one, the Fellowship of the Ring. And what's that book all about? Well, it's basically a bunch of randoms, an elf, a dwarf, two men, and a few hobbits. And they all come together, united around a common cause. And that common cause is the mission to destroy the ring. So what's a fellowship? Well, at the end of the day, the word is just, it just means sharing. It means having something in common. So what does it mean for the church at Pentecost to devote themselves to sharing? Well, at the very least, it was to do with their possessions and their property. Uh, Please have a look at verse 44 and 45 with me. It says this. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. If you were to flick to chapter 4, verse 32, that's on page 1696, by the way, you'll see a similar phrase used. But the first part of that verse adds the following words. Let me show you on the screen. It says this. Chapter 4, verse 32 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. In other words, their sharing of their property, it sprung up from a deeper sharing, a common heart a common mind. You see, they were part of a greater fellowship. So forget about the ring. This is about the fellowship of Jesus, where these people, they all had the common experience of trusting in Jesus, they all had the common experience of repenting and being brought into a new community. And with that community, it brought certain responsibilities, like looking out for each other, And in particular, caring for those in need. That's really important to remember because uh, if you flick back to chapter two, verse forty-four, at first glance it seems like the church has been some type of like communist uh, community where everything, everyone is just pulling everything together. But verse forty-five is telling us that they were selling their property and possessions in order to give to anyone who had need. You see, these guys were liquidating their assets to free up the capital, to serve their brothers and sisters. You see, there was no Centrelink back then. So when a brother or sister had found themselves in a jam, it was the community that actually met that need. They're acting like family, where they're looking out for one another. Now that's what it was looked out like for them. What would it look like for us if we were to care for support one another. Now, well first we have to remember that yeah we too are also a big family. And like every good family what a good family does will you look after your own in particular those who need uh, who need your help. Now, what might that look like here at Abbotsford? Well, let me give you a few examples, and most probably you can find and think of more examples yourself. I can say firstly, for those who don't know, uh, we've got a meal ministry uh, where we look to provide meals for those in need, and that's the fridge that's in the back hall there. Uh, So if you're someone who loves to cook, uh, please contact either Amy Kern from Morning Church or myself if you want to be part of that ministry. But it goes beyond food. So, for example, how about if someone needed somewhere to live? Or if someone needed help finding a job? Or even if someone even needed a car? A four months back, I had a minor car accident. And it was meant that my car was in the shop for a whole month. And you can see the dent was so little. It was only the, t- the front left corner it was actually causing me a lot of stress. And I actually was, in that week, I was just sharing with the newcomers group of how I just had to stop being so stressed about it. I just had to trust God more, not get so worked up about it. Okay, say so after that meeting, two people of that group offered their spare cars to me. I had a choice. Okay, say so that's fellowship. That's sharing. Wouldn't it be great if that type of thing happened all the time in our church family? That's the second devotion, fellowship. The text tells us a third devotion, which is the breaking of bread. Now what does that phrase mean? For some time, people have suggested that this phrase referred to the Lord's Supper or Communion. I think that's what's talked about here. Because the first time that phrase, breaking of bread, is used to refer to the Lord's Supper, it's not until the second century. So it's quite unlikely that it's referring to the Lord's Supper here. Now, if that's the case, then what does it mean? Well, as you trace the language of breaking, breaking bread through the book of Acts, it's used every time people start a meal together. Which actually makes sense of verse 46. Now please have a look at verse 46 with me. It says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. When gospel people come together in a house or somewhere else to have a meal. That's when true community starts to form. So can I say, if you haven't already, can I encourage you to consider starting to invite other people from church to your place for a meal? Now it doesn't have to be just can I just say it doesn't have to be just people from church? And, and can I say if you can make it your house I know that 's not always possible, and I know for some uh, not everyone here can do that, but if you can make it your house in our vision document, uh, we have a section in the strategy part about growing a culture of hospitality, and please know there 's a significant difference between entertaining and hospitality because Entertaining is all about making an impression, making it elaborate, whereas hospitality is just sharing your home. It's not about being flashy, but it is about being authentic. It's through sharing a meal together that people get to know the real you, and you get to know the real them. And yes, when we share life together, we'll see some flaws. And it's an opportunity to exercise grace where grace is needed, to exercise forgiveness when forgiveness is needed. So let me suggest that for us to be a community that's devoted to the breaking of bread, for us to take that first step of inviting someone to your place for a meal or even for us here at evening church to step even before that even tonight over dinner why don't you consider sitting to someone different that you normally sit with well that's breaking the bread the fourth devotion to the ch- of the church at Pentecost is prayer now throughout the book of Acts uh, we see the disciples engage in both uh, corporate and formal times of prayer and we see that in verse 1 of chapter 3 just the next next verse there where Peter and John go to the temple to pray. But there are other times where prayer is impromptu. Where it's actually informal. Now what, what's it going to look like for our church family to be devoted to prayer? Well, can I just say wouldn't it be a real shame that the only prayer that happened on Sunday for our church family is the 10 or so minutes that happens in the service? Because there's so many other ways we can be a people devoted to prayer. Now, there are, the, there are structured ways, like at growth groups during the week. And just to let you give you a heads up, we're going to be planning a church prayer walk in the last week of January next year. But there are also the impromptu times, those casual times. Whenever we, as a people, get together, either before or after the service, or whenever we see each other during the week. Wouldn't it be amazing if you're halfway during a conversation and the person you're talking to says, hey, why not we pray about that right now? And they do it. And they do it not because they want to sound holy, but because they want to talk to the person who really can do something about it. And by the way, if you read our vision, prayer also is one of our core values. And given that we have this vision for us as a church family, of where we're hoping God will take us, this vision is not going to happen if we're not a people of prayer. So there are four devotions of the Church of Pentecost to the Apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And, and if we do these four things well, then this epidemic called loneliness will not be something that we would expect to see in our church family. Well, that's my prayer anyway. My prayer is that no one in our church family would be lonely. But instead they will experience the rich blessing of what it is to be part of community. But did you also notice something else in the passage? That when when the church is like this, something else happened. They actually had a positive impact on the people outside of the community. Uh, verse 46 says that they were enjoying the favor of all the people. And that led to verse 47, that the Lord added to their number daily. And you see, their good reputation made a positive impact for the gospel. Uh, their life as a community was the, the visible narrative for outsiders to hear the good news of Jesus. And for the postmodern culture that we're living in right now, people around us, they long for community because they're frustrated. They begin to recognize that you know, social media doesn't really bring deep connection, doesn't bring acceptance. They're recognizing that they're wearing different faces for different people, for different situations. And they know they're not being authentic. And so in this day and age, sharing the good news with those we love will actually start here in our community. People are longing for community more than ever. And they want to see if it actually works. And we have something that's phenomenal to offer as God changes us to be what we're seeing here in Acts. before we finish let me say a solemn truth though and the solemn truth is this the truth is Abbotsford Presbyterian will never be like Acts 2 it just won't or at least it won't be consistently because here's the thing even the early church a few months later after Acts 2 Acts 3, 4, 5 and 6 and onwards they ended up not being like Acts 2 Because sooner or later, sin will creep in and ruin everything. Later on in Acts, we'll see racism, we'll see church squabbles, and it's going to get messy. And we'll see that in a few weeks' time. So can I say to you all here tonight, everyone here, Abbotsford Presbyterian will let you down this church will never be like Acts 2. And at times, we'll fail at the four devotions. And unfortunately, there will be people who will be lonely here. But you know who won't let you down? Jesus Christ, the Lord of this church. Because it's the Lord of this church who's the one who more than any other well, first, he was devoted to the Word of God. He followed the Word of God to the point where it led him to the cross for him to die for people like you and me. More than ever, Jesus is the one who is devoted to fellowship, to sharing. Where it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, uh, let me show you that. It says that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that You, through his poverty, might become rich. Hey, that's sharing beyond any other. Jesus, more than any other, was devoted to the breaking of bread. Not just with the people he liked, not with just the people that were easy to get along with, but Jesus broke bread with the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the outcasts, And even the people who would tear down his reputation. And Jesus, more than any other, was devoted to prayer. But he prayed continually. Even when it was hard for him. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. This church will let you down. It's not a perfect church because we're not perfect people. But that's why we have a perfect Savior. But there is hope. Because like that first church in Acts 2, God has given us His Spirit. And through the power of His Spirit, the Gospel enables us, not perfectly, but will enable us to start getting closer to Acts 2, that type of church we see there. You see, with the Spirit, we have a bond together. That's thicker than blood. With the Spirit, we have a well of generosity, a well that will never run dry. With the Spirit, we have someone who intercedes for us, even when we don't know what to pray. If you want us to be a church that's like Acts 2, well, don't look to the church, look to Jesus. And by the power of the Spirit, let's seek to devote ourselves to these four things. And maybe, just maybe, by God's grace, the same thing that happened to them will actually happen to us as well. Where we'll enjoy the favor of all the people. And that the Lord will add to our number. So let's devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And let's see what God can do amongst us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, who is the perfect Savior, that through his death and resurrection we can now come into a relationship with you and be your children. Thank you for giving us your word, the Bible, and for giving us your spirit so that we can be like that first church at Pentecost. Please keep shaping us and growing us that we will devote ourselves to your word, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer that we may experience your grace of a transformed life and enjoy genuine community that you have made us for. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.